All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Homemade Ops. We're super happy to have you all today. And today we're going to be discussing a few topics that I think you'll enjoy. And it's called the big B. And what I mean by that is that scary big word, budgeting. Ooh. Terrifying. <laughs> you excited for this, Kimberly? Oh, very. So don't turn out. Don't turn off this stuff because trust me, this is I think you'll really enjoy it. We're going to talk about the principles behind it, what it's for and all that kind of fun mumbo jumbo. So don't get too scared when we talk about budgets. Yeah, we're not going to be telling you obvious platitudes about budgeting. Like, you know what you should do? Don't spend a lot of money and write it down every week. You know, we're not going to tell you the easy things that maybe you've heard before or just aren't really actionable items. So we're going to give you actionable specific strategies and principles that'll help you create effective habits really based on our personal experience. Yep, absolutely. Like the trick, the trick with budgeting, and we'll talk a little bit about this more here in just a few minutes, but the trick is just getting in the habit getting the habit of doing it every single week. And we're going to specifically talk about habits and how this is going to help you as individuals. So remember, in our journey, we're trying to help you understand little pieces of what you can do once a week. And if you apply these little things, you'll become a better individual in setting up your homemade operations to be successful. Because here's our goal. Our goal is to help you not get screwed. So let's go ahead and jump into the news for the day. And we have some really fun, uh, a very fun announcement, of course. It's... Mother's Day or yesterday was. Yeah. So our news for you, we decided to say a day late. <laughs> our news for you today, we decided to just say happy Mother's Day to anybody celebrating out there. Um, there's a lot of bad news out there nowadays, but that was some really great news over the weekend. You know, celebrating any figure in your life um, is, is always great news. So. so go grab your mother, give her a big kiss or a big hug, whatever you find normal. And also any future mothers, please give them a big hug too, because it's a lot of work. You know, moms have been working really hard and you should treat them really well. So let's go ahead and jump into our next segment here. What did we watch this weekend? I'm very excited about this one because I've been trying to get Todd to watch this show for a while and yeah. I'm re-watching it with him because I love it so much. So she finally convinced me to watch The Good Place. So It's on Netflix right now. <laughs> so if anyone likes to watch just a feel-good fun movie or fun TV show, um, I, we're, Kimberly and I, to be honest, are not very huge into TV uh, we we watch more movies than we do TV, but once in a while, if there's a really good TV show, we'll jump on in. Chernobyl is another phenomenal one. Whew. So if you can watch that one, go ahead and watch that. It's amazing. But a good place. We jumped into this one. Uh, she got me. Uh, she got me binging it because Corona. What do you do during Corona? You binge watch things. <laughs> so we and I have to admit, uh, we're through season two. I haven't seen season three or four yet. I hear mixed reviews on those ones. But up to the end of season two, I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked it. It's got a lot of really good humor. That's almost, it's really subtle. So you're watching yeah. it and all of a sudden you have to pause it like, wait, what did they just say? It's really fast too. Like Very they, clever. They have a lot of fun little lines that they say that just make me think for a second. And then I just bust out laughing. I'm like, I have to pause that for a second and hear it again because that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> so my, one of my favorite lines is they're talking about what gets you into the bad place, you know, after you die. So quick premise on the show. It's about a girl who wakes up. She died and she wakes up in the next life and they tell her she's in the good place. But then she finds out by accident that she's not supposed to be there. So she's trying to hide and act like a good person. So they're talking about qualifications to get into the bad place. And one of the questions is, have you ever been emotionally invested in The Bachelorette? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. They have a lot of funny commentary. Or have you ever taken your 
uh, taking off your shoes on a plane or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Shoes and socks. <laughs> so it's a really funny and clever show. There's a lot of, surprisingly, a lot of twists and turns, and I'm, we're not going to spoil any of those for you. So if you haven't seen that yet, and if you just want to feel good, it's like PG material. It's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's any worse than that. There's a couple jokes here and there, but I would say it's a uh, it's a high PG-13, or sorry, PG type film, but or a t- television series if you want to watch it. Very funny, very feel good. So take a watch, see what you think about it in the future, and let us know what your thoughts are. Okay, so let's go ahead, and we want to do something because last week we left you with some, uh, some with some tasks to do, some challenges, our homemade operation challenges. So let's go ahead and pass us on over to Kimberly so we can review what we talked about last week. So remember the topics we talked about were the monthly meeting and the weekly meeting. So really your homemade ops meeting, we like to call it. So our goals for the week were to schedule a time for your monthly and weekly meetings, um, as well as set up a meeting format or agenda. And if you remember too, these were the steps for the agenda that you want to include. So agenda item number one is to review your finances, which in this episode, the next one and a couple other coming, we're going to talk more about how specifically to review your finances every week. Uh, The next agenda item was to plan your day-to-day activities and other goals. So if you remember, we talked a lot about how, especially as a couple or even just for yourself, when you plan out what you're doing for the week, it allows you to support each other and to know each other's priorities so there's not miscommunications. And then the third item was, of course, we issued our Homemade Ops Weekly Challenge. So we're going to issue that every Wednesday and then follow up with you guys and see how it went. So our challenge was, as we talked about earlier, setting a time and agenda for your meeting. So we wanted to report to you guys what we did for the challenge this week. Perfect. So something that was very, so this is why Kimberly and I love having a homemade ops meeting every single week. It's because the more you review this information, the more you can double check your work and also just get prepared for life. So we ran into a a little problem. If you recall from last week, we did mention this, where we we had to pay taxes this year, which made us kind of sad. So we had to pay quite a bit, actually, in taxes because we had improper allowances established. (laughs) So we ran into a problem where we actually have to pay the government this time around. Made us kind of sad. Well, here's the thing, though. We were calculating this together, and we were thinking this would take us several months to save up for. But uh, because we had our homemade ops meeting every single week, and we we were practicing these good habits, we just found out last week that we now have enough money to pay off all the taxes. So we were thrilled, super happy. And we're like, holy moly, how did that happen? So how did we get this? How were we able to do this? It's not because we make so much more money than the next person. We don't. It's because we have these habits. We practice these habits over time. And because we did that, we were able to, uh, we were able to allocate our money in the proper set. So that way, when we actually needed some extra cash, we were able to tweak a little bit of these items around our budgeting tool. And then we were able to find out, okay, we can actually do this. And we knew where we were when we talked every week, right? So we knew we really needed to tighten up and we needed to save. We knew we had a big expense here because we had the taxes. We have a baby coming this fall. So we've been really tightening our belt. And because we've done that, we had better results than we expected, sooner than we expected, um, which is really encouraging. And I think it helps to check in every week because you know where you are and you don't just think, man, I got a lot of expensive stuff coming up. You can see exactly where you're at. It's It gives you a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. And it's very encouraging too. It's, it's so helpful. 
Which brings us to our next point here. And our next point is budgeting. Ooh, freaky. So before we talk about budgeting, we got to talk about the psychology. So we're going to talk a little bit about habits. And we're going to talk about some of the principles that will make you a successful budgeter rather than just download our little template that you can use. Of course, that's useful and we'll get to that. But it's important to understand the principles that'll make you successful at this process. So when it comes to developing a budget, the whole point of a budget, if you were in full control of yourself, there would be no need for a budget. Or if you have the best memory on the face of the planet to kind of keep track of your finances or anything else. Exactly what you spent. Exactly what you spent. There's no need for it. But guess what? We're human. (laughs) We're human and we make mistakes. And not only mistakes, but we're irrational so many times. So we need to keep in check. And so that's, so in this point that Kimberly was bringing up here, in order to discuss budgets, we first have to talk about the mindset of budgeting, and that is developing the proper habits so that way we can control ourselves and not act on impulse rather than just off the cuff buying things left and right. That's how people find themselves in debt, crazy credit card debt and all the problems. You know what those problems are, so let's teach you how to avoid those. So the thing, I actually read a really, really cool book recently that is fantastic. It's called Atomic Habits. I highly recommend that you go listen to it or read it or whatever you do. So if you get a library card, go get it. Another tip for the future, use a library card. Millennials, you get a lot of free crap. So I was listening to this book, Atomic Habits, and it was phenomenal because what it was talking about in this book was, you know what? When it comes to learning and developing a habit, the big problem that people run into is they have these monstrous goals. They have these huge huge goals like, you know what? I want to become a runner and I'm going to run a, a half marathon on September. Awesome. So let's say they get prepared to run this half marathon. They start running and running. They're practicing every day. Fantastic. Now they reach the half marathon. They run it. They're done. Well, they're done. They reach their goal and they have nothing else really to focus on. So now at that point, usually, and on a statistical level, the research was shown in this book, usually people, once they reach a goal that they have, that they were dreaming about, after that, they're done with it. So there's nothing that's keeping them going. They don't have a habit because they now have reached that potential goal. So what this book is about is developing habits that you can continue for your entire life, these micro, small, atomic habits. And so when you take these habits, these small little things, and you keep doing them over and over and over, it becomes just intuition. You become better at it, and then you don't fall into the same mistakes. So that way you can officially say you are a runner versus somebody who has run a half marathon. That is the goal. So Kimberly and I today, when it comes to budgeting and setting up your homemade operations, we want to train you to become financiers, budgeters, operation-savvy, business-minded families. So that way you can construct a family unit that will be successful in the future. So what does this do? What do these atomic habits do? Well, and what does a budget do? Well, a lot of pe- people have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to budgeting. A lot of people think that they're going to be restrictive. Well, they kind of are. What they're officially designed to do is help you track individual expenses, every expense that you spend, so that way you can wisely spend anything that you need to. If you want to save up for a car, if you want to save up for a home, well, a budget's going to keep you in check to actually achieve that goal rather than just stopping short. Because what happens so many times, 
Well, we're driving down the road. We get hungry. We stop over, buy a hamburger from uh, or an Egg McMuffin from uh, McDonald's. It's only like $2, right? It's only like two bucks. But then you have to get the fries with it, the hash brown, the drink, and now it's seven or eight dollars. And then how often do you do that is the question. I think it's the idea of subtle changes. So, for example, if you're baking a cake, they don't take that long to bake, right? So there's a big difference. There could be a one or two minute difference between a perfectly done cake and a burned cake. Oh yeah. But if you set the timer, maybe that's restrictive because it's telling you when you need to check the cake, but you're setting that timer because very subtle changes can make a big difference in your life. And that timer telling you when to check the cake is meant to help you and remind you of your goal, which is to have a perfectly done delicious cake. It's there to keep you on track for the things that matter to you and to help you not make little, or to help you make subtle changes to get to where you wanna be. So the misconception, like I 100% agree. And the misconception that people have when it comes to budgeting is that you can't have fun. Like when you're on a budget, you're so, so restricted. Well, not necessarily because you can include in the budget things you want to purchase. It's just going to show you and track things that you want. I actually had a professor that taught me this principle and then it kind of changed my perspective on budgets. Originally, I thought that budgets would be that restrictive thing that smacks you on the head when you do something bad. That's not what it does. Let's say I want to go into a restaurant this week or get some food. I can put it in the budget. I can include a fun section on my budget so that way we can have a good time and spend it on our hobbies or interests or even restaurants, food, movies, whatever you want to do. So a budget is not so uh, restrictive. Either It does. It helps you. Like The, the term I like to use is planned restrictions. There are restrictions because the budget will hold you in so that way you don't act on impulse, but they're planned. So if you want to go on a vacation, if you want to have a hamburger and do these things, put it in the budget, but it's going to keep you in check so you don't fly off the rails. And ironically, it's really freeing. So for example, um, you know, we had last year, we had our fifth anniversary. So we had a little trip planned, right? And went to San Francisco, which is much more expensive than Utah. Only for a couple of days. It was a really lot. short. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you go out That's to dinner. <laughs> yeah. We go out to get pizza and we get the receipt. And it's got like seven different taxes on there. It's exp- Everywhere we went was really expensive. And we're like, oh, my gosh. So if we hadn't budgeted for that trip, just thought this is probably what we're going to spend on the trip. It doesn't have to be restrictive. We're not sitting there with our calculators. Everything we spend on the trip, we just say, you know, we anticipate it's going to be about X amount of dollars. Yeah, we can handle that. Then when we're there, we're like, yeah, we're going to eat a nice meal for our anniversary and we're going to enjoy it because we're not sitting there thinking, wow, this is really expensive. I sure hope this isn't painful on my credit card bill at the end of the month. I know we've budgeted for it. And I think, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. You know, I'm going to enjoy this really, really expensive pizza and it's going to be awesome. So it allows you to enjoy when you go out to the movies. You've budgeted for it so you know you can afford it. You're not hoping you have enough money at the end of the month. Absolutely. Speaking of San Francisco, sorry for anyone who lives in San Francisco. It was beautiful. It's it's nice. It it is expensive. (laughs) Now they give you a tax if you smile. It's like we provided (laughs) you a service, so we're going to charge you some money. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, so if you're happy, you get taxed in San Francisco. (laughs) Anyway, but I love visiting. San Francisco is so fun. So sorry for anyone that lives there. It's a wonderful place. My parents used to live there. Love it. But so going along the lines of what Kimberly was saying here is the thing that what the budget will do is it's going to control your impulsive spending and actually turn them from impulses to controlled spending. So that way you're actually liberated rather than restricted. So that way you can reach the much larger ambitions of your life. 
If you want to save for a house, well, if you're going to McDonald's or shopping online every single day for random stuff that you don't need, well, now you're incurring hundreds of dollars of costs that are small micro costs and developing bad habits that are actually going to impede on you paying off that home faster or saving up for it, getting that nice boat, getting that nice car, going on that vacation, whatever it is. So make sure, like, even look at Kimberly and I's um, example of the taxes. Well, when we got that huge expense, we were like, oh no, we can't do things that we want to do now. But we had to adjust our budget. And when we did, we were able to allocate our finances to get that expense out of the way. So that way now we can actually start focusing on saving up for our, our child, our future child, and also a bunch of other things, maybe a new car if we have to, we have some really crappy cars, by the way. It gets that expense out of our hair because it's the government. You pay that or go to jail, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we knew we had to pay that. It's better to get that out of our way where we think, wow, I'm free now. I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, I hope I have enough money by the time, you know, I have to pay this bill. It's saved, it's ready to go then we can pay it off and it allows us to to do what we want. And so I think really the message of this is to not sacrifice your bigger goals for conveniences or things that don't really matter to you, right? If your goal is to travel the world or to buy a house or to start a business or just to have a really comfortable savings, those are a lot more satisfying, but they're usually more long-term and take a little more planning. But you're not sacrificing things you don't really care about, right? Yeah, I bought that shirt. Now it's just kind of sitting in my closet. I don't really wear it. It's not bringing you the kind of joy that actually meeting your goals will bring you. Um, these micro habits that are used over time will, and will basically help you develop the proper habits that you need in order to be successful and not become an impulse spender. So there's actually another book that I highly recommend called Millionaire Next Door. And in this book, they specifically talk about something that is super valuable. Well, there's actually a lot of people who actually are millionaires that you would never have guessed are millionaires. And, and that don't, that they're, they're not making like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year. In fact, some people that have become millionaires over their lifespan, it's because like they're making like 70 to $120,000 or even like, I think one example was somebody was making $70,000. I think he was a plumber, if I'm not mistaken in the book. Well, they share the story that they're making that much money, but because of their habits and saving and they're able to keep their spending in check, they became millionaires. And by the end of their by the end of their life, they had a comfortable retirement and were able to succeed. That's the goal. So this right now, practicing these habits will build you up to the level that you want or the life you want to live. So that way you can have a better life, more financial freedom later. So let's how do we do this exactly? How do we what's the first step in setting up our budget? So it really pairs well with what we talked about last week, right? Where every week you're going to have a meeting either with yourself or with a partner. And you're going to talk about, um, you know, finances and different habits that you want to establish in your life. And even if it's a short meeting, you're at least checking in every week, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about what you're going to be checking, uh, checking in on every week. So um, we're going to teach you this week, um, both today and on Wednesday, the principles behind a successful budget and we're going to talk a little bit right now about whatever tools you want to use, right? So there's different options. So you've got, you can write everything down on a piece of paper, put it in Excel. Some banks come with a budgeting tool. There's Mint, YNAB, Every Dollar, Good Budget, Nerd Wallet, all these different kind of applications and tools you can use. So today we're going to talk a little bit about choosing a tool that's right for you. So step one, when it comes to setting up your budget, figure out how you're going to track it. How are you going to track your finances? Do you want more of an automated approach? Do you want more of a manual approach? That's going to be your first step. 
And this is where you have to evaluate yourself. So you have to evaluate yourself and say, okay, what is actually gonna make me sit down once a week to do this so I'm not pulling out my hair? I wanna be able to focus on what I'm doing here. So sometimes, some people like to see every line item, every detail, that's Kimberly and I. <laughs> we love to look at every single penny coming in and out of our account. So we like the more manual approach. But if you're not that way, then go ahead and use one of these apps. And uh, so that, again, those apps, uh, Mint, YNAB, Every Dollar, Good Budget, NerdWatt, there's loads of them out there. So utilize some of those tools, especially the ones that are free. Now, just keep in mind though, if you do more of an automated approach using some of these apps, some of them may incur in a, a fee to use their service. The other thing that you wanna uh, pay attention to is privacy. Because if you do use these apps, you usually have to provide them with your bank account information so they can actually track that detail. So Kimberly and I, we're a little bit more on the privacy side and also the manual side, so we don't do it that method. We use Excel, and I'll have Kimberly explain that a little bit later on how we actually do that. But when it comes to you, just figure out, just you know yourself better than anyone else, figure out what is the method that would make more sense for me. If I just don't want to see or track every single dollar coming in and out, maybe it makes sense to do the automated approach and maybe spend a little bit of money. Uh, some of these range from $25 to $100. Some of them are really expensive, so just be careful. Yeah, and they usually link with your bank account. So it makes it more automated. They bring in the expenses, and then in your weekly meeting, what you want to do is just review them every week. Exactly. The bank and your app will communicate with each other so you don't have to log every single transaction manually. That's what we mean. So find one of the apps, find which one you like the best for you, look at their price, and then go ahead and set them up. Each one has a different setup process. Now there's another thing that you need to know about when it comes to, when it comes to using these applications. You don't have that much customization ability if you're going to do the automated approach, which may be fine for most of you. Most of you maybe just want the simplified approach. I don't want to look at it. Just show me a chart of everything, some comparison diagrams. That's totally fine. Because that way you can see a visual representation of what your money looks like over a period of time. How much money did you have last month versus this month? They have some fun charts and tools that will show you that detail. But you don't have as much customization ability as the manual or using Excel or something like that. So just keep that in mind when it comes to using those automated tools. Very convenient may incur a little bit of a fee, may not have as much privacy since you're giving them access to your bank accounts. But if that's for you, have at it. So overall, I think the most important thing to consider when talking about which system besides cost, privacy, customization is using what you're actually going to use, right? So I like to think about it like the gym. Some people love going to classes in person. Some people like working out at home and having their own equipment. Some people are into CrossFit or yoga. So it doesn't make sense to pay $100 a month to a yoga studio if you're going to go once and you hate yoga, right? Or, you know, CrossFit or some kind of more expensive studio. If you're just someone who just wants to run on a treadmill for a half an hour, three times a week, go to Planet Fitness, right? Less expensive. So you've got to use what's a good fit for you. If you like going over every transaction, keeping it simple, having good customization, um, and it's free too, use Excel on a computer you already have, or even just writing it down in a notebook. So whatever you feel like is a good fit for you, when you're exercising, the most important thing is that you're just exercising, right? You're working out. It doesn't really matter as much what you're doing, just the fact that you're staying active. So um, same with budgeting. It doesn't matter so much what tool um, is the best. It's what tool is the best for you and will keep you budgeting. Now, regardless of what tool that you use, okay, whether you're using 
Excel, Mint, or whatever it may be, here's the thing. You do need to understand basic principles of what those applications are doing. So that way you can understand, okay, so I'm look, what am I looking at? And am I looking at inf- money coming into my bank account, like uh, income, or is this money going out of my account, an expense? So that way you can actually judge these tools and use them properly. Um, so to end, we will talk about our preferred method, just in case you need a little guidance and you can see why we chose what we did and it can help you think through things. So we use Excel. We like the manual approach. Um, obviously, I'm an accountant, playing Excel all day kind of love it. So it's pretty native to us, but here's, you know, kind of some of the reasons that took us to where or took us to Excel. So first of all, we know every transaction that goes through our accounts every week. We like being able to see everything. You know, we've had credit card fraud before, like most people in America have. So it allows allows us to catch that. We've been able to see specifically where our money's going. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, you know, food. Why did we spend so much on that this week? Um, and it really helps us build those habits and keep us in check. So we like to be able to see all the details. Um, we also like the customization because it's tailored to exactly what we want. So for example, our budget looks completely different from the one we did five years ago. We change a little bit every year depending on our needs. Um, for example, uh, Todd was having a lot of expenses to be reimbursed from his work for a while, and that was hard to track. I was traveling a lot, so I was spending a lot of money on my own credit card. So we needed a way to kind of track all of those expenses separate from our own. Yeah, and so it allowed, we built out a separate little tracker for that and didn't skew it like, oh, wow, we spent all this money on travel last month when we didn't really spend anything. It was all reimbursed. So it allowed us to track that separately. Um, Just as our lifestyle has changed, we've really enjoyed having that customization. Um, And the nice thing is too, even if you aren't comfortable in Excel, you can still do a method similar to ours, even with just paper and pen, or maybe a tool that you're more comfortable with online, but just something that you sort of create on your own. And to be honest, the biggest kind of when we've told our friends about this or discussed, the biggest complaint is, oh my gosh, you write down everything. It's so archaic. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> you know? Kimberly's boss has made fun of us a little yeah, bit. <laughs> we, and I said, but here's the thing. We'll go through all of our transactions on all our accounts and it takes 10 or 15 minutes to update. It's not too bad. Yeah. And I think if it takes you like an hour to update all your transactions every week, then you're either rolling in the dough or spending a whole lot of money. (laughs) There's only so much you can do in one week. Maybe rein in some of those spending habits a little bit. Yeah, there's only so much you can do in a week. So really, it's not a huge deal, um, which is kind of nice. And so we really like having that method. Um, In addition, we're actually building out an online course right now, putting a lot of love into it. So it's going to be a lot more detailed. And we're also going to have our budget template template that we use. So the principles we're going to talk about apply really easily to our template and helps guide you through that. So watch for that course and we'll have that template coming out soon. Excellent. So we're going to be, uh, so next episode uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be discussing how to take a look at your income versus expenses and how that works in your budgeting tool of your choice or in Excel or on pen paper, whatever format you use. Again, these principles apply to every single one of them. So we'll be discussing that and how to work on uh, on how to work on those particular items. So in the meantime, what we want you to focus on is take a look at the different tracking services out there. Take a look at yourself. See which method you think would be easier for you to obtain a habit to build. Because if it's too difficult, if it's something that's just completely out of your scope, you're let's face it, you're not going to build that habit. <laughs> you're going you're going to drop it like a sack of potatoes. So rather, what you want to do is just find out which method would be easier for you. The more automated, the more manual, 
it's up to you. Once you've made your decision, bring that and listen to our next episode on Wednesday. And we're going to talk a little bit more about those incomes and also expense items that were uh, that will go into that particular budgeting tool. And as a special teaser, there's something specific that we do every month that we feel is a little bit unique that enables us to really push forward our goals. It's one of our kind of founding principles of our budget and our financial planning that you wouldn't see in a typical budget. So we're excited to share all that with you on the next episode. So be sure to tune in and write us and leave us a comment and give us any of your feedback on how things are going for you. Thanks for joining us today.